0: The Tanya of Rabbi Schneer Zalman of Liadi. Taught by Rabbi Ben-Zion Krasniansky. Tanya's text elucidated by Rabbi Yosef Weinberg. 253, middle of letter 32, the last, the final letter in the Holy Letters. 32 is lay the heart and here the Alter Rebbe is thanking all those who volunteered to be like in charge not only to uh, commit themselves to give tzedakah but in each town, in each city, in each village they took it upon themselves to be responsible to make sure that every Jew in town is doing their shir and giving tzedakah. So the, as the Gemara says, that the one who give, makes others give tzedakah is even greater than the one who gives themselves. Of course, he's not exempting them from giving themselves. In Yiddish, they say it's called a heisegever. A heisegever means a heistyenegever, there are people who like to de- tell others what to do. But of course, the only way you can get someone else to give is when you yourself give. You teach by example. But there are those who give themselves and are happy giving themselves. And, you know, and there are those who not only give themselves, not only are so committed to give themselves, but are even more committed that they make sure that others should give. Now, the Rebbe is blessing them and thanking them for volunteering and for taking it upon themselves. And he explains why this is so special. So, he, we learned last week, it says in the verse, in the Tehillim, Tzitkasayi, that his tzedakah will stand forever. David HaMelech says, in uh, Psalm 111, which is based on the Hebrew alphabet, so tzaddik it's tzedakah, the question is, it doesn't match, grammatically it doesn't match. Tzedakah is his tzedakah. So it's masculine. So the correct Hebrew would have been, tzedakah, tzedakah, he stands, his sidaka stands, the verb has to match the subject. If the subject is masculine, the verb also has to be masculine. On a male you say, oimed, And a female you say, oimed, she stands. Oimed means he stands. So since you're referring to he, his sedaka tzedakah, not sidkasa, her tzedakah, so I should have said, tzedakah, his sidaka, oimed, stands, laad, forever. Why oimedes? Sadat Rebbe explains for two reasons. Firstly, the difference between the masculine energy. and The feminine energy, the masculine energy is the initiator, the giver. And the feminine energy is the ability to receive. So we're referring to someone who only gives tzedakah after he's prompted. In other words, once he's prompted and he's controlled and inspired and awakened by someone else, then he receives it and agrees to give tzedakah. So we're talking about the level of tzedakah where the person needs prompting. The person needs a push. On his own, he won't give tzedakah. But when he's told or he's asked, or this, you know, he's not the one who picks up the phone. The rabbi he says, "Rabbi, could I help? Do you need a donation?" <laughs> I think we can count those phone calls on one hand. <laughs> but there are. But uh, usually it works the other way. Someone calls, as. Okay, request, okay, if you say, if you need, fine. So that's, that's why this verse is referring to it, because in medes that it's the feminine, in other words, a receiver. It's someone who needs someone to initiate, needs someone to push, needs someone to awaken, to inspire, to cajole. A deeper explanation why in medes, because he explained that the tzedakah that we do in this world is the vessel and the vehicle. Everything, just like the body, is the vessel and the vehicle for the soul. In order to activate the soul, the vessel, the soul needs a vessel, a vehicle. So too, when Mashiach will come, and especially after the resurrection, there's going to be a revelation of Hashem himself. An infinite revelation. As he refers to one of the, er, one of the earlier letters, letter number 17, at great length, and you can listen to it in Tanya class.com, also on the podcast, <laughs> and he explains at great length the revolution of the resurrection, what's going to happen during the resurrection. There's going to be this intense revelation of godliness. It's even more intense than the revelation of godliness in Ghanedin, in the higher, highest levels of Ghanedin. and Therefore, the patriarchs and the matriarchs and all the great tzaddikim will who are in the Garden of Eden for thousands of years and are advancing and growing from strength to strength three times a day, every day, every week, every month, every Shabbos, every Yom Tov. And they can't wait to come back down into this world during the time of resurrection because the revelation that will take place in this world, in this physical world, during during the resurrection, far exceeds and far surpasses anything that the soul could possibly experience in the sublime ecstasy in the, in the upper world, in the afterlife. So, But you need a vessel. How do you receive such an intense revelation? He said the vessel is sadak. Because the mitzvot are alive. The mitzvot are, when you do a mitzvah, a Jew does a mitzvah, the coin, the hand that did the mitzvah, the coins, the money that he wrote the mitzvah with, they come alive. And they contain, they're able to contain and to receive this intense light. It won't be revealed till the time, the era of the resurrection. But the truth is, uh, right now, the mitzvah that we do is eternal and remains alive and present. It just won't be revealed. It's like, you know you have money in the bank, but you can't access it. You can't (laughs) use it. It's there. We're billionaires. We've been accumulating and accumulating and accumulating. And it's been growing exponentially. It's been growing. And uh, um, the power of compounding 3800 years we're growing and compounding so we have great great wealth all stored up but uh, very little revelation it's a very dark world as I've the they say in Yiddish but any moment Mashiach will come and then ultimately the resurrection when all of that will be revealed but we've earned it now we have it now the mitzvah is done now so that is the vessel that's what it means the it tzedakah uh, that we do in this world A medes, and the feminine, this is the receiver, this is the vehicle and the vessel that's able to contain this intense light. That's only through the power of a mitzvah, and the ultimate mitzvah, which encompasses all other mitzvahs and reflects all other mitzvahs, is really tzedakah. So the mitzvah of tzedakah is able to uh, receive this infinite revelation, this intense revelation of Hashem's infinite self. That's the power of tzedakah. So that's why the verse says in the feminine, because tzedakah is the receiving. Now he's going to explain if this is true with the feminine tzedakah. In other words, a tzedakah where the person needs to be controlled and awakened and inspired. And then he gives tzedakah, and yet this tzedakah is a vessel and a vehicle for the intense revelation of Hashem's infinite self. Could you imagine the level of tzedakah? That's a masculine tzedakah, where the person takes the initiative. Not only does the person take the initiative, but he inspires others to give. He is the one. He is the one who stirs the pot. He is the one who gets up there and makes inspires others to give. He's not just satisfied with himself giving, but he really becomes a leader, Pied Piper that gets others leads others and inspires others and gets others to do the good deed this is a tremendous tremendous level you know because it means that a person really really owns it you know when a person really feels that he owns something then it's not just a question of obligation I took care of my obligation now I can go to sleep but if you own something, you care about it. The, the business owner doesn't just wait till the customer knocks on the door. Listen, I'll open this door. If someone knock, knocks on the door, I'll be happy to help. <laughs> you know, that's the way a worker thinks. <laughs> the worker could be twiddling his thumbs. Uh, nobody showed up. I came to work. I got my paycheck. It's a quiet day. Beautiful. You can serve the Internet. The, uh, <laughs> the owner the owner doesn't sleep. <laughs> he dreams his business, he eats his business, he sleeps his business, he's on vacation, he's thinking about his business. He's drumming up business. He's putting out signs, he's thinking creative ways, a thousand and one ways of creative, creatively bringing traffic and uh, hanging up signs and making sure that people know about his business. And, you know, It's not a question of doing your obligation. It's not an obligation. When you own something, you become active, you get involved, you get others, you, inspi- you know, you get involved. So those in the community who feel a, such a commitment, that it's not just they're doing a mitzvah, they're doing a mitzvah. Someone inspired me, I listened, I heard, I received, I accepted, and I wrote the check, Mazel tov, that's beautiful. If you're a stand-up citizen, you're a paragon of virtue. But someone who really owns it, takes it to heart, who cares, it's not about obligation, not obligation. No one's going to take you to a court of law. You don't volunteer to become a leader and a machin and get others. But you take the initiative. And this is really what the Rebbe did in our generation. It's so unique. It's never been done before in Jewish history. You know, Judaism is an ownership society. The whole Tanya is based on Kikarayv, Eilecha, Hadav, hadavar Moimersha, says at the end of his life, that being Jewish is something that's very near and dear to you. In other words, it's an ownership society. You have to own your Judaism. It's yours. You're not doing it because your father told you, your grandfather told you, your grandmother, your brother, your Zayda. You're doing it because it's yours. It's close to you. It touches you. It inspires you. Each one of us is so different, but it touches us in a real way. changes us, transforms us. But we've never seen it expressed so eloquently as in our generation. The Rebbe set up the motto of our generation, the motto of shlichut, of a a sense of mission. It's not limited to the Rebbe's 5,000 shluchim all over the world, 5,000 chabad houses, but it's really the motto of our generation. Every Jew living in our generation really receives his life sustenance from the Rebbe. And this is the motto, this is the channel, this is what's unique about our generation. The idea of Owning your Yiddishkeit. How do I know a person owns his Yiddishkeit? When your pot starts bubbling and boiling over, and you touch someone else. In halach, there's a concept called tefeach latfiah. When you make something wet, and it's so wet that when someone else touches it, he also becomes wet. In other words, when you're so inspired that you start inspiring someone else. So a person is just receiving a Yiddish guy and loves it, and drinks it all in, and is so inspired that he himself gets involved. It's wonderful. But you don't own it. When does a person own it? When you start communicating, when you start teaching, when you start inspiring. It could be a small thing. It's not a lot. But it's, it's a giveaway. It's like, How do I know the barrel is full to the top? It could be a huge barrel. How do I know it's full to the top? When a drop spills out. Then I know it's overflowing. It's just a drop. But that drop is telling. That drop tells me this barrel is full and overflowing. I can see a light from a huge distance. It could be from a star. It's hundreds and millions of light years away. It's a faint light. But that light tells me that it's coming from such a distance. such a powerful... That star must be so bright that it's able to reach so far. So for a person, his whole Yiddishkeit is kept to himself. And traditionally, that's how most Jews... That's how we always lived. Every generation. I daven. I learned. I connected with Hashem. My family. Myself. My community. And that's it. I lived my whole life take care of myself, take care of my family, try to raise them and try to educate them and my community and I'm happy. And, I'm doing, and I'll be praised and I'll be one. Comes along the Rebbe and says, yeah, that was good for the previous generation, but not in our generation. It's not enough. Every Jew has to become a Shliath. Every Jew has to become a, a mover and a shaker. Every Jew has to inspire another Jew. If you're inspired... How do I know that it's for real? How do I know that you own it? That Hasidus touched you? That Yiddishkeit really touched you? Did you touch one other Jew? That's it. Did you get one Jew to do one mitzvah? It's a drop. But that tells me everything. That tells me that you get it. That tells me that you own your Yiddishkeit. That you're so moved and inspired that you can't just keep it to yourself. I took care of myself. I saved myself. It's nobody's business Someone else's life is not my business. I'm happy and I'm content. and I'm, I have enough to keep me busy for the next 120 years. Not anymore. It doesn't work. That's the difference between the feminine energy of, the, of tzedakah that he's re- discussing here or the masculine energy where you become a, a giver. You take the initiative. You, you, you have to. It's not enough that you yourself are committed but what did you do to help another? And that's really the essence of Hasidists that everyone should become a, uh, a lamplighter. Not just to light up your own life, but a lamplighter that lights up the street outside that one other person could see in the darkness. Show the way. Be a light. An inspiration. It's, it's, not, it's not a question of quantity. No one is asking every Jew to become a shliach and the 24-7. And, but every Jew has to inspire one other Jew. A neighbor, a friend, family member, invite them to your Shabbos table, something, get them to put on tefillin, get them to light a candle, get them to come to learn Torah, get them to come to learn a little Hasidus. But it it has to, as the third Lubavitcher Rebbe said, or one of the Rebbe says, if a Jew is not a lamp lighter, he should be crushed, he should feel crushed, he should feel broken like a a thousand, his heart should break into a thousand pieces. What am I doing in Hashem's world? What did I do for Hashem? Did I illuminate? Did I inspire? Did I bring a little light to this world? Is it just... Because spirituality could be very selfish. It's the ultimate ego trip. It's myself. I'm content. I'm so ecstatic. I'm happy. But a chassid doesn't just live for himself. It's a beautiful story. The fourth Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Rebbe Marash. One of his travels, he visited this town. And it was... a uh, Polish Hasidim, it wasn't Lubav, or Chernobyl Hasidim, I forget which maybe it was not the Ukraine and he saw that these older Hasidim in town with long white beards were on the floor in their knees, scrubbing scrubbing the walls, the floors scrubbing the carpet, you know, the carpet he says, what's going on here? you don't have help? I mean, why, do you, why <laughs> distinguished elders and their hands and knees scrubbing the floor and scrubbing the walls and washing and painting. He says the Rebbe is coming. I forget which Rebbe it was. I think I think it was one of the uh, Chernobyl family. The holy Rebbe is coming. So it was, it's an honor that all the dignified elders in the community—they themselves are preparing the house for the Rebbe. And the, and the hands and knees scrubbing the walls and it sparkles like a palace. The Rebbe is coming to come town, he's going to stay in his house for a few days. The so Rebbe Marash asked, Why aren't there any younger? Why don't you let some of the younger Hasidim help out? They said, Are you kidding? Such an honor? <laughs> We're going to give it away to the younger Hasidim? We're, we and the Rebbe Marash said, That's the difference between Chabad, if you study Tanya. Or not? When you study Tanya, you have a certain egolessness, a certain self-sacrifice. What's the ultimate self-sacrifice? Spiritual self-sacrifice. For the elders to sacrifice their honor. But in order to educate, give the younger generation a chance, educate them, bring them in, is that only someone who studies Chabad is could accomplish? This is what he's talking about here. It's one thing to receive, to take, to enjoy, to, to But it's another thing to th- go beyond yourself. Go beyond yourself. See another person. See another Jew. Help a fellow Jew. Inspire another Jew. You're giving tzedakah, wonderful. But how about getting one other Jew to give tzedakah as well? You're doing a mitzvah, wonderful. How about inspiring another Jew also to do a mitzvah? You have a relationship with Hashem. Inspire one other Jew to also cherish the relationship that they already have with Hashem, but they don't know it. So this is the test. This is what separates the men from the boys. This is the acid test. This is a reality check. Do you get it or don't you get it? So it's by divine providence that this letter is the end, the conclusion of the fourth part of the Tanya. And it's the lave, it's the heart of everything al tarebi has been talking about, tzedakah, tzedakah. Half of the letters in the holy letters, 16 of the letters, were al tarebis annual appeal letters. 13 of these letters overtly speak only about tzedakah. Another three of the letters the letter that we have here, the content of the letter doesn't talk directly about tzedakah, but the opening and the end of the letter, which he didn't, the children did not include here because they, only, they didn't include the openings of the letter and the ending of the letter, which is very practical, just the, the part of the letter that, that had the Torah and the insight. And, but half of the 32 letters are about tzedakah. This is a call for action. And here, Al Terevi is summing it all up. The power of the masculine type of tzedakah. tzedakah where a person takes the initiative, where a person steps up to the plate, where a person goes way beyond the letter of the law, where a person shows that he really gets it. It really touched him. And Al-Tarebi starts out with a blessing, a powerful blessing to them. Because Al-Tarebi felt, these are my partners. These are Jews who get it. Everything that I'm teaching and everything the Hasidus is trying to teach. They get it. They demonstrated their action that they get it. They became leaders. A Jew has to be a leader. Judaism is an ownership society. And you can learn it and hear it, but until you actually do something about it, it means it didn't penetrate. This is the, this is the test, the moment of truth. And the Rebbe was able to inspire a whole generation. And this is the message of every Jew, how every Jew living in our generation that it's not enough, even if all you know is the Aleph Bez. But there's a Jew who doesn't even know that. You have the capacity to teach that Jew, the Aleph. You're inspired, you know Aleph Bez. You know, it's like the story of the Baal Shem when Tov on his travels to Israel and Hashem didn't want him to get there and the, uh, the, the boat was damaged and they stopped off this island and he was so engrossed, he was there with his the shamish, Abhirsh. He got so engrossed that he didn't even hear the bells ringing. And uh, the ship left, and then they were captured by, uh, by cannibals on the island. And they were tied up, and they were getting ready the fire. They were, they were, they were going to be cooked for dinner. <laughs> Juicy European uh, European cut of meat. I'm glad they didn't eat <laughs> And his uh, sefer scribe, Reb says, Reb, what happened to all your powers? What happened? Hashem said, I forgot everything. Everything was taken away from me. He says, Do you remember anything? He says, No, I also forgot anything. Anything? He says, Olive base. Hashem says, So what are you waiting for? And he started saying olive base with such fervor that miraculously the ropes melted, and then a new boat came, and they heard and, and they ran away, and they, the lives the lies were spared. So even if you know, all you know is the bez, You can teach. You're inspired. It's a quality thing. It's an neshama thing. Everyone, the, the idea is, the position is, and this is the position of tzedakah. Every Jew has to know, I am a giver. Period. I'm not just a taker. To be godly, to be godlike, I'm a giver. And everyone has to see themselves in a position of a giver. I'm not just a worker. If I'm just a Yid and I follow the code of Jewish law and I'm faithful and I'm loyal and I'm good, it doesn't cut it. It's beautiful. But you're not, a, you're, not a, you're not just a taker. To be a Jew means, my position is, I am like Hashem, I am a giver. And I have what to give. But I don't know anything. I didn't learn much. There's no such thing. Firstly, your enthusiasm, your passion, your sincerity, your genuineness. You know one mitzvah. You know Aleph. There's a Jew who doesn't even know Aleph. Share Share that. And if every Jew in the world will not only be inspired themselves, but to hamonas, they will be moist and their, their inspiration will be able to inspire someone else. And then Mashiach comes. One Jew inspires another Jew and that Jew inspires another Jew. And everyone has their warm circle of friends. You know, in sales, who do you make your sale for a Everyone has their warm circle of friends. So, you know, enthusiasm is contagious. If you're for real, and you're genuine, and you're sincere, and, and it's not a hard sell. Because we believe that deep down, ultimately, you can't sell something that a person doesn't want or need. I guess slick salesmen do that every day, <laughs> and they're suckers born every day. But ultimately, you only sell a person what he wants. He doesn't know that he wants it yet, but deep down, he wants it, and it's good for him, and you, you sell it. So... You don't have to sell. It's not a hard sell. It's not a con job. It's a, it's, every Jew is there. Every Jew wants it deep down. He doesn't know it yet. He does not realize it yet. He doesn't, he's not aware of it. But every Jew, without exception, everyone born to a Jewish mother, everyone converted halakhically has a Jewish soul and deep down wants to do the right thing. It's not a hard sell at all.
1: They're almost waiting
0: to be asked. And try it and you'll be surprised. So many Jews out there, all they're waiting for is an invitation. Nobody ever invited me. I would love to. You think to yourself, this Jew, I'm, I'm afraid to ask. i will never come to our Friday night table. i will never be interested in a million years. And then you ask, and it's like, what took you so long? Why did you wait so long? I, I, you know, I was too ashamed to ask, but I would love to. That's all it takes most of the time. So it's not a hard sell. But it's more a test for us. Are we for real or are not for real? This is what separates the men from the boys. And that's how he concludes the level of tadaka, which is the masculine. On the bottom of page 253. However, the verse tzedek shall go before him is in the masculine gender, both the noun tzedek and its ah. matching verb, Yahalik. Yahalech. So not just... The verb doesn't match the noun but the, uh, the gender but here in Tehillim chapter 85 he says tzedek lefanov tzedek righteousness lefanov before him yahalech not tehalech yahalech which is also in the masculine so there it does match so what's he referring to there what kind of level of tzedakah it refers to the attribute of kindness that is aroused in a man's heart of his own accord not through another's inspiration oh, so this is the masculine level of of tzedakah which is when a person awakens, awakens himself. This refers to the attribute of kindness that is aroused in a man's heart of his own accord, not through another's inspiration, through an arousal of the love of God, when reading the Shema, cleaving to him and surrendering his soul al-echad, as he completes that verse, God is one. God, with all your wealth in the literal sense, the individual's love and surrender to God inspire him to give tzedakah. Person inspires himself. In other words, he makes the connection. You know, when you read the Shema and you pray, firstly, it's in Hebrew. Even those of us who grew up speaking, you know, Yiddish, Hebrew, but it's very lofty, you know, it's very abstract. We hear about all these lofty concepts, but something gets lost in the translation. It doesn't hit home. It doesn't doesn't connect with us. We know about all of this, and we say it, but it doesn't change us. It doesn't affect us. Here we're talking about a Jew who reads the Shema. Not just he reads the Shema. He lives the Shema. He takes it to heart. He doesn't just mouth the words. Every religious Jew in the world says it, and says it twice a day, and he's just mouthing words. It doesn't affect us, it doesn't change us. But this is a Jew who takes it to heart. Love Hashem with all your heart and all your soul and literally means with all your financial means, He takes it to heart. He opens His pocketbook. He opens His checkbook. He opens His heart. He opens His arms and writes and gives tzedak. This is the connection between all the spiritual talk and His life. How many Jews are there like that? How many are there that take Yiddishkeit so to heart that it's not just words. He lives it. And it challenges him and it inspires him. And he does. He finishes reading Shema. He's inspired. He talks about, I'm ready to sacrifice my life. But a, but a check that I'm not writing. <laughs> yeah, it's like those children in Russia in the, in the former Soviet Union. The teacher asked the children... He had a million, do- a million rubles when rubles were worth something. What would you do? He says, We give it all to Mother Russia. And if you own the Empire Stapling, what would you do? Mother Russia. And on and on. He says, And if you own a pair of jeans, what, what would you do? Nobody raises their hands. Nobody is volunteering the jeans for Mother Russia. He says, I don't get it. A million dollars you're giving to Mother Russia, but really, the Empire Stapling, a pair of jeans, you're not ready to give to Mother Russia? They smile and say, Listen, the pair of jeans we own. <laughs> that we're not giving so fast <laughs> well, you don't know and it doesn't mean anything yes, I'm giving the whole world Hashem, I'm giving the whole world away to you but write the $18 check uh, not so fast let's not take it literally let's not get carried away let's not get so excited that's how most of us that's how compartmentalized we are that's how most of us we're disconnected words, we say words it doesn't mean anything it doesn't burn in us, it doesn't inspire us, it doesn't like fire us up, it doesn't like, okay, so what do I have to do something about it? But imagine a Jew, his davening affects him, and affects his pocketbook, affects money, which is the real sign of a person. Talmud says there are three ways you can tell a person. Bekisei, bekosei, bekasei. You really want to know what a person is all about? It's very important, especially when you date someone. See if they're stingy, see bekisei, their money, how, how they deal with money. Kiso. so, If they get drunk and, you know, when the tongue gets loose, a person can be very nice on the veneer, and then when they get drunk, who is this person? I never met this person before. Ubekaso. Anger. They lose their temper. Like a So, you want to tell what a person is really all about. It's nothing like money. Money is, is, is very revealing. A person can't hide. Everything comes out. A person is control freak, a person is stingy, a person is fagintnicht. My cousin, my first cousin. <laughs> I mean, we we like, grew up together. Anyway, her father-in-law just passed away, and he was so stingy. <laughs> his, uh, his wife passed away, he moved in with them, her husband didn't have a job. It turns out he was a billionaire. And every one of the children inherited a quarter billion dollars. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) but, you know, money is very revealing. It tells you everything you need to know about a person. For a person to really be generous when it comes to money, it's self revealing. It means that there's a lot of goodness there, you know, it's a lot of MS. This really hits home. It's a, it's, it's a moment of truth. Everything else is just talk. You know, someone said, Ani betzedek, echsefanecha. I said, in Yiddish, like, you know, like, till when it comes to the packet, it comes to the back, there's nobody around. Talk is cheap. When it comes to action, there are not, the, not, that, not that many takers. But this is a a moment. Here when a Jew davens. And he takes a davening so much to heart that he literally fulfills the davening. I love Hashem with everything that I possess and therefore I go and I write a check that hurts. Not an $18 throwaway check. But a meaningful donation that counts, that means something. Only because I love Hashem. And I'm ready to do something for Hashem ready to sacrifice and ready to do something real and meaningful so this is only someone who owns it only someone who owns this Yiddish game, only someone who takes it really to heart and personalizes it makes that connection no one has to tell you no one has to enforce it no one has to inspire you even. you inspire yourself you self motivate you're a leader This is what distinguishes it. This is what separates the leaders from the followers. You're a leader. You're an owner. You know, Yiddishkeit is a free society. Hashem gave the Torah in the desert. It's a free-for-all. No one owns the desert. There's no superficial hierarchy in Judaism. It's a free, open free-for-all you will have the responsibility whatever level you're ready to take upon yourself. If you're ready to commit and you're ready to take it to heart and you're ready to go deep and you're ready to do it, the leadership is yours. The position is yours. You don't inherit it. It's not something that just happens automatically. It's a free-for-all. Torah, Rabbi Akiva, what humble beginnings. And he became... The greatest standard, because he went and he. Whatever level you're ready to take. You know, there's no protection, there's no special. If you're ready to step up, and you're ready to take Yiddishkeit seriously, and you're ready to take it to heart, and you're ready to own it, and you're ready, to... then you become a leader. If not, fine. No one's going to have any complaints against you. You're just not it. You're just not in that position. So someone is ready to step up to the plate. This is, this is who the Alter Rebbe is talking about. This is what the verse is praising. That tzedek, of And as a result of this arousal from below, for as waters reflect face to face, so is the heart of the supernal man that is upon the throne. It was an arousal from above. So Hashem is interactive. Hashem is interactive. It's a mirror. Hashem is our shadow. King David says, the Vashem says, whatever we do, Hashem does. We smile, Hashem smiles. We give, Hashem gives. We dig deep inside of ourselves, so too Hashem responds. How does Hashem respond? Hashem's response is also much more intense. Although we said earlier that any tzedakah, even the tzedakah that's in the feminine, the tzedakah of a person who doesn't take the initiative, he needs someone else to awaken him and to arouse him to give, even that tzedakah is a receptacle and is able to receive and evoke this intense divine revelation. But imagine a tzedakah that comes from deep within a person. Something (laughs) stirs deep inside of you. That you made a move inside and you shifted and changed and went very deep inside of yourself until you inspired yourself to reach into your pocket and to give on your own. Hashem responds in kind. So the intense revelation that follows is also commensurate. And the, the revelation is from a much deeper place. The revelation is much more intense. Much more powerful. Any tzedakah is powerful. This sadaqa is in a whole different magnitude, a whole different level of revelation. This is expressed as manifest downward flow of the infinite, I'm soft light that encompasses and transcends all worlds down to the nethermost level of this physical world at the time of the resurrection. That's explained that in, in last year's letter. And that letter, letter 17... This was the uh, annual appeal letter. So in the previous year's letter, al expl- explained at great length and it's worthwhile to go learn it and listen to it in TanyaClass.com. So al explains the power of tzedakah and how it elicits this most intense, powerful, divine revelation. Charity inspired by persons of Oda during prayer is those called tzedek, a noun of masculine gender suggesting emanation and provision for it gives forth and elicit the transcendent light of Sovev Kor Almi. Moreover, as the Altar Rebbe will soon explain, this kind of unsolicited charity draws down the innermost essence of this life. When, however, one's giving has to wait for another man's inspiration, such tzedakah remains a recipient, a mere receptor of ore vessel, for a mere glimmer of the life of Sover Kol Orlani. Okay, so now we're going to conclude the letter and that's exactly what he's going to explain. The distinction between the feminine form of tzedakah and the masculine form of tzedakah. And, um... Jeff, want to do the honors? This is, this is the mystical meaning of two of the words from the above quoted verse. "Sedek shall go before him. The verb, the halai, here translated, shall go, in fact, appears in this verse, in the causative mode, shall cause to go, i.e., shall lead. Not only will go itself, but will cause, cause to go, someone else to go, cause to go. In other words, shall lead, right? The word, the fanav, here translated before him, stems from the root hanim, meaning face or countenance. Hence, leads and elicits the saturnal countenance, the most essential. An inward aspect of the divine light, drawing it from higher than the world of Asilu down to the world of Asriya. So, when a person gives tzedakah, you're touching Hashem's inner self, because just like the person, in order to 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 give tzedakah and take the initiative, you had to touch something deep inside of yourself. The Shema, the really had to touch you personally. Only someone who's touched very deeply and personally could get so active and become an activist and get others to give. It's like when a person dances. When you dance, it says your whole being, your whole body is elevated. If if your joy is limited, you're smiling. You're walking around smiling. Everyone knows you're excited about something. I don't know what, but I know you're smiling. You're really excited. You can't just contain it with a smile. You're snapping your fingers, you're clapping your hands, you're like excited. But if you're really excited, you're overwhelmed, you start dancing. And when you dance, you don't dance alone. You can't dance alone. You're dancing alone. You, dance, you, dance, you need someone to dance with. Your, your enthusiasm is so overwhelming that you grab someone to dance with them. You can cry alone, but you can't dance alone. It's the nature of dance. So a person is moved, is Yiddishkeit, moves him. I'm ready to listen. I'm here. I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to listen. But I'm a listener. I'm a receiver. Yeah, I'm smiling. I'm excited. But that's it. You really, you get more excited. But when a person is touched deep down inside, you can't contain it to yourself. Your enthusiasm is contagious. You become an activist. I have to get another person to dance with me. I have to get a fellow Jew to give tzedakah with me. I shouldn't be the only one giving tzedakah. Something so beautiful. I can not just keep it to myself. I'm the only one lighting a Shabbos candle. That Jewish woman shows the light a Shabbos candle. I'm the only one putting on film. It's not fair. Let the other person enjoy the riches and the plan and have this opportunity. I'm the only one who is exposed to studying Torah and Hasidism. It's so beautiful. It's so rich. Let me get another Jew also. So that means they were touched very deep inside. Panim, it's, it's in, inward. Panim comes from the word panimiyot. It's the inside. So if your Yiddishkeit touches you so deeply, until you care, until you become active, and it touches another person, you reach out and touch another person, you evoke that response from Hashem. That this revelation that, that comes from Hashem is the inner part of sevokalm. Hashem's innermost self is revealed just like you revealed your innermost self you activated your innermost self your personal self Panim is it's very personal and this is really the essence of Yiddish what distinguishes Judaism from all other religions and mysticism it all comes down to a personal God God is not just some abstraction some esoteric, mystical abstraction. It comes down to, it's person to person. It's you and Hashem. It's your conscience, your personal self. Everything in the universe is is really robotic. It's not personal. It's robotic, programmed. The only thing in the universe that's not programmed, animals are programmed, angels are programmed. The only thing in the universe that's not programmed is us. Our consciousness, not program. It's very personal. I care. You can't legislate it. You can't battle it. It's it's personal. It's person to person. A marriage, a relationship. It's personal. It's not. It's not by the book. It's not superficial, external. It's personal. It's very deep. It's very personal. It cap- it, it captures the essence of who I am. And at the end of the day, that's all that truly exists: Hashem and your consciousness. So a person who's doing tzedakah because he's told to do tzedakah <coughs> and he listens and obeys—that's wonderful. But it's programmed. You were inspired, so you did it. Someone woke you up, so you woke up. But if someone takes the initiative, someone becomes an activist. Someone gets involved. Then this is personal. This is—it's not legislated. It can't be legislated. You can't tell anyone to care. You can't legislate caring. You can't command anyone to become a leader and to and to care and to get involved in that level. He can. But someone who volunteers, and someone who takes it to heart, and it's personal, this touches Hashem. This is so personal. This touches the face of Hashem. Panim, panim. Tzedek lefonav, how you touch Hashem's face, Hashem's personal self. And Hashem's personal self is inside, His inner self, is revealed. Responds. Person to person. So the revelation of godliness that will be revealed Mashiach will come and during the era of the resurrection will be in a whole different magnitude in a whole different order a whole different level. It's not even in the same bulk. It's like a difference between a millionaire and a billionaire. It's not in the same bulk. It's, 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 it's a different magnitude. It's a whole different level. It's all different... So yes, even tzedakah in any way, shape or form is powerful. Person is, becomes a leader in Sadak and aspires others to give and commits himself and takes responsibility for others to give, it's a whole different relationship. Yiddishkeit has touched him on a whole different level. Hashem responds to him on a whole different level. And of course, even though we have to wait till the future, the error resurrection, when this intense light will be revealed. But we immediately have the benefits. When it comes to tzedakah, you immediately have the dividends. You immediately have uh, the results. That the blessings in your personal blessings, in your life. Al Rebbe starts the letter with powerful blessings, these blessings will be revealed and manifest immediately. And you'll see success in your life a whole different magnitude, a whole different level. A person who dedicates him life, not just to live for himself, dedicates his life to serve and to help others and to inspire a fellow Jew, as the Rambam writes, that although the tribe of Levi was designated to serve the the Jewish people, but it's not only the tribe of Levi, any Jew who volunteers himself to serve Hashem and really to serve his fellow Jew, everything that he eats will be like the Levi, will be from the table of Hashem he'll be sitting at the royal banquet and he'll receive open and revealed blessings and miracles and so, but for this you have to volunteer the Rebbe never imposed anyone he never imposed anyone to become a shalik the person had to volunteer he never forced anyone never ordered anyone, never commanded anyone. Every single shliach today, the 5,000 Chabad houses, personally volunteered. Never forced, never imposed. It had to come from you. Your initiative. This is what I want. I am committing myself. And this evokes from within Hashem the most powerful response. Okay, so now let's close. Page 256. Let's close. Quite, it says, Quite enough. I've prepared you and may no kind of blessing be speared you. In other words, it's not a time to speak at length. I've said enough. I've prepared you. You know what needs to be done. You get the picture. And may no kind of blessing be speared you. Do good, O Hashem, to the good and to those who are upright in their heart. Bless those who donate generously to tzedakah and also those whose generous intentions are forced to remain unrealized. Even those who want to give, who want to do, but for whatever reason, circumstances beyond their control, they're not in the position to. But as long as they have the desire, genuine desire, sincere desire, Shom looks into their heart. And the moment they will have the opportunity, they will step up. So Hashem should give them the blessing already. If you commit and make a resolution to do a good deed, it's as if you've already done the good deed. And you receive the blessings as if it's already a done deal. Such is the prayerful wish of him who seeks your welfare. These are the last words of Al Alter Rebbe, the last letter of the fourth part of the Tanya that Al Alter Rebbe says about himself, you should know... That I am seeking your welfare. Everything I've written, everything I've said, everything I'm doing, it's all about you. It's out of my love for you. I'm seeking your welfare. It's for your good. And um, this is the path for life. It's all for your benefit. It's all for your good. And that's my only interest. I have no personal, there's nothing ulterior motives, there's no hidden agendas. It's pure as mother's milk. Like pure love. Everything I'm doing is just you. So the Rebbe is practicing what he's preaching. Altarebbe's whole life, a Rebbe, his whole life is to inspire the generation, to inspire the Jewish people, to inspire every (coughs) single Jew. It's not about him. It's really about the other Jew. The Rebbe writes in the Tanya. Very powerful statement. Chapter 37 of Netanya. That the soul, our soul, our Nishamba did not come down into this world for our own sake. Because the soul is perfect. The neshamah is perfect. It didn't need to come down into this world. The neshamah just came down into this world to accomplish something. To elevate the animal soul, the ego soul, to make a change, to make a dent, to affect something outside of itself. It's not about me. The neshama is perfect. It doesn't need anything. The neshama did not even come down for its own ascent. The purpose why the soul came down into this world is to accomplish something outside of itself. To transform and elevate the body, the ego, the natural soul. To refine, to elevate. And here, with the concept of tzedakah, Al-Turabi is extending it not just to affect the part of you that's outside of your godly soul, which is your ego, your natural soul, but to literally affect the outside. <muchomo decha> love Hashem with all your money. That's on the outside. That's your possessions. That's not just me. That's outside of myself. And ultimately, as Al-Tarebi concludes in this letter, reaching a fellow Jew, becoming an activist, inspiring another Jew to give And so Not just affecting myself and my animal soul and my ego nature, And not only affecting my money, but also affecting another Jew. Getting another Jew to give tzedakah, getting another Jew to be so inspired that they should also give tzedakah. And ultimately, ultimately, and this is what the Rebbe did to the umpteenth degree, and this became the matter of our generation, not only to get the other Jew to give tzedakah, but get the other Jew to also in turn become an activist, that that Jew should be so inspired that they in turn should start dancing and grab another Jew to dance with him, And that's all it takes. It's so doable. It's so practical. You touch one neshama, you inspire a Jew, and that Jew is so inspired, and he inspires his, his, another Jew, and that Jew inspires another Jew, and that's how we reach every Jew alive today. No Jew will be left behind, as the Torah promises, and, and that's how Mashiach comes. And then all this revelation, all the stored treasures and wealth, that we've accumulated now for 3,800 years, all of that will have the intense revelation of everything that we've treasured and stored away. Not only in the upper words, Rabbi Azal Tarebi writes in this letter, very revolutionary, that it's here. It's here, we have it right here and now. We even have the key, as the Rebbe once said. Not only do we have the box, the treasure box, the safety deposit box, we even have the key. We haven't opened it yet. Mashiach will come, we're going to open the box. All those treasures will be revealed. So this is a tremendous Mazel Tov. I finished the fourth, fourth book of the uh, Tanya. There are five parts of the Tanya, like the five parts of the Torah. But there are four parts of the Code of Jewish Law. The first part of the Tanya corresponds to Orachayim, the laws of living every day. The second part of the Tanya, Shariyichud and corresponds to Yeridea, which teaches us the knowledge of Hashem. The uh, third part of the Tanya, you get us at Shuvah, the letter of Truva corresponds to Eben Ezer, marriage, relationship. And the fourth part of the Tanya corresponds to the fourth part of the Code of Jewish Law. And the last part of the Code of Jewish Law which is Chesh and Mishpat, the laws of money and finance. And the whole discussion here is about money and tzedakah. So And this is now tanyaclass.com. <coughs> it's a tremendous uh, simcha. You live long enough. <laughs> Things happen and uh, we should we, we make it a It's good for, for all of us. when you say tzedakah, it's only with money. No, oh, thank you for bringing that up. Tzedakah is not only money, it's the idea is I'm a giver. I can take many forms many shapes. I can invite someone to my house for Shabbos, I can teach. I have a talent. I have an ability. I can give. I can share. Right? It's giving. I'm, I'm a giver. A Jew. That has to be a Jew's position. I'm here to give. I'm not just to take. Not only, not even taking spiritually. It's wonderful, but it's not. I'm a giver. And it can take many forms. Sadaka could be giving advice. Sadaka means giving a lending ear. Someone needs someone to listen. It's such a rare art. Nobody listens. Nobody pays attention anymore. So, that, just Gitsadaka means give of your time, your precious time. Lend an ear. Take an interest. You can cause a person to smile. It doesn't take much to cause a person to smile. Sometimes it's just a get, little, a little simatlev, a little caring. Enough. What was it? Sometimes you get even much more when you give. like there was a woman that, uh, for example, recently a woman that came to our synagogue, there is that story that, um, She lost her son from cancer. She brought him from Israel to here for a treatment that he couldn't get. And she lost her son. She started from the synagogue, and she was very sad the first month. Nobody paid attention, but when Erev Shabbat, she came together. And then I stand, and I heard what she said, and she started to speak that she lost her son. She she started to talk. Since then, wow, she's giving me back twice and ten times more. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. As a, as a, that's the ultimate sadaka. It doesn't take a lot to make people happy. If people would realize just a little, you know, that what distinguishes someone who's above average, it's not a lot. It's a little, just a little extra, that little extra touch, a little paying attention, taking notice, thanking a person, appreciating, showing appreciation, mentioning something that I really heard you it's so easy to make people happy it's it's almost shocking it doesn't take much just a little a little caring a small word and you made the person's day is that so difficult to make a person you made you made them so happy well, what did you do i i paid attention i listened i you know and it's so easy to give a person some nachas give a person this but it's that's all forms of sadaqah you just have to be alert, you have to be awake, you know, and it doesn't take much, doesn't take much, just a little caring, a little, everyone is so self-absorbed, everyone is so busy with their own lives and their own problems, and their own peckle, that I don't have any energy for anyone else, I'm too busy, and most people don't have the self-confidence, I don't look at myself, I'm not a giver, I'm not a rabbi, I'm not a, I'm, not a, I'm just a small person, we have to get this out of our head. is trying to impress us. Get it out of your head. There's no such thing as a small person. There's no such thing as a small Jew. You're a child of Isaac, and Kenyak. You have the blood of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Lay, and Leah. You, you're not a small person. You always have to think yourself as a giver. None of this lack of self-confidence, no crisis of who am I, I'm nobody, I'm insignificant, I'm in the back row, I don't know much. No, no. You're a giver, period. Whatever you have, share and give. It doesn't take much doesn 't take much it 's so easy once and once you try it like you described it it 's like you can 't wait for the next opportunity that 's all it takes to make someone happy. I, I lend them an ear I, I give them a compliment I, a, a genuine compliment I, I did something I noticed I paid attention, I listened I, and you see the result. The person's like beaming from ear to ear. you made their day. Wow, I can do this all the time. It's easy, it's pleasurable, it's good, it feels great. And the rewards you get back a thousandfold. The energy that you create, the positive energy that you create, it it, it just, you, you create a different universe. Not only will Mashiach will come in the resurrection, you see the dividends immediately. You, cre- you become a giver, you create a certain energy and you attract a certain energy and, and, and then things in your life start turning around. You become positive and things around you become positive and this becomes a conduit for all the blessings, all the divine blessings and physical blessings. Hashem. This can change your life when you become a giver and you, become, and you orient yourself to become think like a leader and a giver. And, uh, yeah, as small as I am and I'm, I, can, I have what to give. Every Jew has what to give. There's no such thing. In halacha, even the poorest Jew is obligated to give tzedakah. There's no Jew in the world who can say, I'm so poor, I'm not in a position to give. There's no such thing. There's always someone who's less fortunate than you. The person had no shoes complained until he met the person without a leg. There's no such thing as, there's always opportunities to give. So no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what your troubles are, no matter what sir, you have to, I have what to give. And that will save you and change you, change your life. Radically transform your life. It's an orientation. And the Rebbe pounded that, pounded that into us. Every Sunday, he would stand for hours. The Rebbe, the Rebbe's every minute was precious. He took up every Sunday, a whole day, standing for thousands of people. Every Sunday, a whole day, giving and giving. Training us, orienting us. Become a giver. I'm giving you a dollar. so You should give a dollar. You in turn should take your money and give. And a Jew is to be a giver, especially in our generation. This is the antidote. This is the solution to all our problems. Position yourself as a giver. And it's doable, it's practical, it's enjoyable, it's rewarding at every level. But unfortunately, without you know, you, you live in your bubble and you live in your... I'm a giver. I'm a, I'm a receiver. I'm religious and I'm pious and I'm ra- But you're, you're in the position of a receiver. Here the al Tarabi says, no. Change your orientation. Position yourself as a giver, as a leader, as a doer, as an activist. Roll up your sleeves. And touch another Jew. Touch another person. Inspire another action. More activity. <laughs> what, do you, what do you do to their attention only if they take from you? They have to study Tanya. <laughs> no, but it, it's like they are not even Jewish, like around your job at work, you know, everywhere they, You know, they're they only perfecting Well, It could be very draining. Some people, it yeah. just drain your energy because all they do is take. And uh, the Talmud says that a person who doesn't live up to his potential... Why was man created last? Because if a person doesn't live up to his potential... We tell him that you are the... Don't be so haughty. Don't be so arrogant because you're the last thing that was ever created. Even a Yiddish, a mosquito, was created before you. <laughs> why even a mosquito? From all God's creatures, why does the Talmud say a mosquito? Because in the spiritual hierarchy, there's nothing in this world that's lower than a mosquito. Not because it bites. But because a mosquito is a taker. All it does in life... It takes. It doesn't give anything back. It gives stings. That's all it gives. It doesn't even excrete. <laughs> Every animal in this world excretes. So it's fertilizer, something reductive. I can do something with it. It doesn't give anything back. It just takes. <laughs> this is the lowest creature in God's universe. A person who just takes and takes. It drains you of energy. It's suffocating. They suffocate the life out of you. They just drain you. You, you meet with such a person, you just like a drained of every energy. Versus a person who's a giver, there's so much life. It's light, it's uplifting. There's energy, there's life. There's, it's light, it's, 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 it's good, it's positive, it's uplifting. It's an orientation. So you tell a person, a person could be created last because he's the king. The king walks and laughs. If you live up, because you're Adam, you're a reflection of Hashem, Hashem is a giver, then you're like Hashem, you're godly, you're the king of the whole universe. You took it personally and you're touching Hashem personally and you're the king of the whole universe. But if not, then you're the lowest creature, the most degrading creature, even lower than a mosquito. How do you inspire someone? You can only inspire by personal example. You know...